The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Oh boy, I'll tell you what, uh, that was wild. That was a crazy, crazy game. Welcome to VCU Rams Rewind, sponsored by Lady Nolans and Richmond, go down there, get yourself some lovely Cajun food uh, to kind of add some variety to the Christmas holiday season. And welcome to the live recap here in the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group. If you want to be part of the live recap, join our group. We have a lot of fun during the game. Although I have to tell you that this this game was not fun in 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 a lot of respects because it was just such a damn roller coaster, and they just they just put us through the ringer. Uh, so much, uh, but unlike the Connecticut game where I basically spent all the time talking about all the bad stuff because I was so frustrated at how they lost this game. They won this game, and while we'll spend a little time on the stuff they did wrong because there are things that, that they got to clean up if they're going to win, win the rest of these games this month and, and do well in conference play, but let's talk about a lot of stuff they did right because when you have as bad a start as they've had, 20-4 to four down, and Bruce Stevenson, yes, the last two minutes of that game was ugly. We'll get to that. But that first 6-20, Campbell was 7 of 8, and it's 20-4, to four, and you're just looking at that going, holy mackerel, what, is, what in the hell is going to happen here? What is going on? I mean, this was this – was, I mean, I've seen some bad VCU starts in games, uh, but few of them have been as catastrophic as that one. I mean – no energy defensively and all that, and you're just like you're just wondering how the hell they're going to dig themselves out of this hole. So for them to go into the half down one, in my opinion, was pretty remarkable, and it was built on on rebounding the basketball. They were plus five on offensive rebounds, and it led to being plus uh, plus four on second chance points. They were forcing turnovers, and look, Campbell only averages just under nine turnovers a game. And they ended up, you know, they had eight in the first half and ended up with 18 for the game. That just tells you what VC, how good VCU, uh, how tough VCU's defense is. And for Campbell, they'll love, they'll love the fact that they played this team because they are definitely not going to see a defense like that in the Big South. I can tell you that much. Uh, anything they face in the Big South is going to seem easy compared to what we put them through tonight. Um, but that first, I mean, that first six minutes was just awful, and they slowly worked their way into the game. You know, Levi Stockard got going early, and that you know, and that was big. And I just love the fact that you know sometimes he'd get a couple of shots early in games last year, and if he didn't make them, then they just he just never got the ball again. Now we're looking for him, but he's demanding the basketball. He's getting into position. He's calling for it. They're getting it to him, uh, and that and that's big. Um, and I'll tell you, so I, I just want to, I want to praise Vince Williams to the skies tonight. Uh, he made one really terrible decision on that, on that four on one break and God help us. It could have cost us. 
but but he made so many good decisions on the fast break tonight uh, and attacked the basket with real venom, and it made a difference. And, and you know, Fred Jeter, you talk about as A-10 Froschko, they may be none better than Jaden, which is a great play on words, of course. But it was all three of them. Kern, he only had two points tonight, but he – on defense, he gave them a jolt when he got in the game in the first half, and that's when the defense started to get their own back. And when you think about the fact that Campbell was over 60% for most of the first half, and they end up 50, under 50% for the game, you know, that that really turned the game. Jalen Deloach, who is, God, strong like bull, Jalen Deloach. My goodness. I mean, the strength that he displays to get some of these tough shots in and of course, you wonder, you know, where the where the foul calls sometimes because he's getting hit, but he finds a way to muscle the ball in there. I mean, I'll tell you something uh, that that was huge for us. And of course, none too. None made some big plays for us. And I'll tell you something else that I really love about none. He really made some intelligent decisions. You can see that he's learning. There was a couple times when he could have pulled it and taken a three because because the crowd was all up and getting excited and whatever. Uh-uh, he didn't do that. He didn't do that, and he made the right decision, and he made the team decision and pulled it out. And, then, of course, you know, some of those times they ended up not scoring on the, on, the, on the possession, but they at least worked the clock, and they at least made Campbell work. And I think my frust- the biggest frustration I'll have from this game is the fact that for the first time all season that I can remember, we gave away so many cheap possessions with early shots in the clock, and we've been really good about that other than the Wagner game, and we got to stop doing and, and we can't get into that habit. I mean, I understand, especially the way this game went with the big comeback from, you know, you're 16 down and you feel the momentum, and sometimes you just want to take that shot, but sometimes it's not the right shot. And look, think about this. Campbell, you know, 7 of 8 at the start, I think made their first three three-pointers. They end up, they, they end up 18 for 46 the rest of the game. And that is right in line with what VCU's done all year to everybody else. Uh, let me get the old calculator up to see what 18 for 46 is because I'm, I'm pretty sure that that that, that – because, I mean, they were coming into this game, I think they were second in the country in field goal percentage defense, which is pretty remarkable. And they were sixth in the country in three-point percentage defense. And in the end of the game – and at the end, after a very hot start – from Campbell, they only shoot 28.6%. They're 6 for 21, 2 for 12 in the second half, and two of those were back-to-back. So, yeah, 18 for 46 is 39%. And that's that's actually a little bit more than what VCU typically allows, but that's right in line. Um, um, well, Bruce Stevenson, you talk about that three-pointer. Here's the, the thing that's always – that where, where Mike Rhodes is right the most is – we are going to wear on teams with our style. We are going to wear on teams with our depth. And it may take a long time, but eventually it's going to show up. It's going to show up, and these guys are going to get tired. And they, Campbell was clearly gassed. Henderson, Carolero, uh, Whitfield, too, they all were missing threes that earlier in the game they were going in. And the reason they weren't going in at the end is because they were tired. They were really tired. Because VCU wore on them. VCU defended them tough. Uh, I want to give Mike Rhodes some credit because I've been very hard on him. At first, I didn't like the fact that he didn't pressure the ball up the floor, not the trap or anything. But, you know, in, in these other games, he's had one guy 
really get in the ball handler's face and 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 slow them up the floor and not allow their offense in. But against these quick Campbell guards, I think he said, look, we can't allow these Campbell guards to get around our guy because if they do with that offense, they're going to have an out number and the way they space the floor and stuff, you're going to be in trouble. And especially early in the game, that would have been the case when Campbell was absolutely on fire. So he kind of, he, I mean, you didn't see a lot of trapping. You didn't, you saw some hedging towards the end of the game, which could have got him in trouble and a couple times did, but you didn't see that VCU played it straight because against this kind of offense, this Princeton, you know, triple post type of deal that, that, that McGeehan runs as they were talking about during the game. He's, you know, he's a former Mooney assistant. So, it, they run the state, you know, Richmond runs the same stuff. Davidson runs the same, same stuff. You know, you can't afford to let your guy beat you 70 feet from the basket because you're going to be in trouble because there's no way your defense is going to recover because you're going to be running all over the place, you know, chasing, chasing that, that next pass that's open. And we, how many times did we see, have we seen it the last two or three years, especially when they play Davidson, it's happened a lot. Where they get out of shape defensively and they're running around the per- perimeter chasing the ball until it gets to the right guy who's got an open shot and he makes it. So, want to give Mike Rhodes some credit on that. You know, he did a really fantastic job there as well. But th- this was this was such a great effort when you consider how badly the game started. They didn't hang their head. And look, you know, there were times late in the first half, early in the second half, where they'd have a great defensive set. And then somebody like freaking Carolero or freaking Henderson would step back and take a shot. Even I think Whitfield even had one where they're taking a shot that's contested with three on the clock. It goes in, and you can't hang your head when that happens. It stinks. It's frustrating because you played this great defense, and how does this shot go in? You got to keep. You got to keep uh, fighting away, fighting, and keep swinging, and just go back down the next time and do it. And they did that. Oh, so let's see here. They win the rebounding battle. Uh, granted, they lost it in the second half. In the second half, they were out-rebounded, but they end up winning, winning the rebounding battle by one. Same with offensive rebounds, but here's the key. You know, we've been so frustrated that they've gotten lots of offensive rebounds in games, but they haven't turned it into points. Well, they got, they got flipping, let's see here. They got 10 tonight, and 13 points isn't great on second chance out of the 10 offensive rebounds, but it's better than what they've been doing. The other key is the other team only had four. So plus nine on that, plus seven on fast break points. You know, that's how Campbell could shoot as well as they have for most of the game and not win, is the fact that VCU on fast break points and second chance points won that battle. Those are battles they haven't been winning, and certainly not at the same time, and they absolutely had to have it tonight. And here's the other point, and this is – this is just classic. Again, this just shows you what a great defensive effort. So Clint Campbell, four for five to start the second half, ends up nine to 27 the rest of the half. But this is the key. 13 made field goals, only five assists. And that's not the way it was in the first half. In the first half, they had, they had 12 field goals and they had eight assists. So their offense was flowing in the first half, not so in the second half. And that's a credit to VCU. And VCU, uh, oh dear, what am I doing here? Hold on one second. I'm, I'm moving this phone around trying to look at this stat sheet. It just flipped to the wrong screen. VCU, on the other hand, they did a much better job. Eight feet, 12 field goals made in the second half, eight assists. And, and that, is, that is the thing. VCU, 
run the offense, work the clock, play within yourself, make the good play, not the great play, and then, yes, we can see an offense that's halfway decent. Uh, Because, look, I know it's 65 isn't going to blow anybody's doors off, but it's better than what they've been doing, and that's critical. You know, they've they've if, if we could see progress on the offensive side of the ball, it gives you some margin for error on defense tonight. And they needed it tonight. They needed it tonight because golly, six you know six twenty in a game, you give up twenty points. You're talking about you're talking about a pace for a hundred. So for them to stop Campbell like they did the rest of the game, super impressive. But that's going to be a tall order if the same thing happens against St. Bonaventure or Davidson or St. Louis or somebody like that. So you got to give yourself a chance to have an off night defensively and still win. So I really appreciate the improvement here. The balanced scoring, and that again comes from guys looking for, for not for their own shot, but looking for other people. Williams, 14. Curry, 12. And Curry made some wonderful plays tonight. Nunn, 10. Stockard, 10. You know, that's you're looking for that. But man, Vince Williams, 14, 8 points, 5 assists. Vince Williams, two times on the break. He's so good at running the break. He had another great outlet pass. And again, it was a bounce pass. You know, simple bounce pass. It's uh, You can be more accurate with those. You know, he he's, looks like he's going to pull the shot. The, the announcers are saying, oh my gosh, I think he got fouled. He sees the guy. He knows the guy's behind him. He's got that kind of awareness of where he's at on the field. And he gets it to Curry and Curry gets a layup. And that happened a couple different times tonight. It was so good. It was so good from him. You know, Keyshawn Curry defensively again. And anybody out there that's a high school coach ought to take the tape of Keyshawn Curry in the first half. He's got a bigger guard on him who's kind of backing him down, but Curry doesn't lean into him, which is going to be a foul. He doesn't try to cheat one way or the other and maybe give the guy the spin move. He stays in good guarding position. His feet are, his feet are moving. His feet are set, but he's, you know, he's not got – He's not reaching and he's not leaning and he stands his ground and he, and he doesn't give the guy an easy an easy ability to just move him out of the way. And what happens? The other guard gets impatient and he's trying to make something happen. He's trying to draw a foul, so he tries to lean. No call. Terrible shot. Easy rebound for VCU. Great. Great, great, great from Keyshawn Curry. Solid. I mean, such a solid effort defensively. And I know it's not going to look that way because Henderson has 20 and he had a big night. And Carolero, who was outside a lot, has 19. But really, did, did a tremendous job uh, by Curry defensively and by all the guards defensively. They all really took the challenge tonight and got after it. And and that's that's what you need. That is what you need. Oh, goodness. Let's see here. Oh, and the free throws. You know, that's the other reason they stayed in the game. If they'd have had their typical first half with free throws, they'd have been down six, seven, or eight, and they'd have been in real trouble in this game. But because they made all their free throws in the first half, they made all four of them, they're only down one. They have momentum. You know, they made their first eight foul shots, and then Vince misses a two after the flagrant. You know, and I got to, and that's the other thing about Vince, staying in there after that terrible fall and making the contributions he made. Uh, what 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 kind of guts and physical toughness has he's got? Uh, you know that was that was just awesome. That was just awesome for him. But none steps up there in the last freaking minute. You know you're in the one and one 
which is the toughest situation. You know, you miss you miss the front end. You can get beat. They can make a three and beat you. And he comes up there and hits two. That's that's just huge for his growth and maturation. Uh, so I was very pleased with that because, look, as we said before, when none had the problems with the free throws the other night, you want to play in crunch time and beat a point guard, you have to make foul shots. It's as simple as that. And he stepped up and did that. Awesome. Awesome from Jaden Nunn uh, tonight. That, And, again, you know, we talked about the guards rebounding. Uh, the guards did a good job rebounding tonight uh, here and there, uh, and especially in the first half. Okay, the last couple minutes was a mess. Admittedly, it was a mess. We missed some foul shots. We got sped up. Everybody was sped up, but we got sped up especially. Jaden Nunn's got a – Jaden Nunn just praised him for the thing, good things there – He's got a bit of an issue with the ball security, and he's got to be a little more careful about that dribble. You can't have it out there like that. Uh, I, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that 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 they watched the film and see how he's been handling the ball. And you saw, I've seen way more of teams po- putting their hands in and poking, or this team putting getting their hand in there and poking the ball away. Saw that way more tonight than I than I've seen in other games. And I think that that was Campbell's film study saying, look, the way they dribble the ball, you can get your hand in there, knock it away. Uh, they did that. They got to be better than that. But speaking of great film study, I want to talk about Vince Williams, who's steal near the end, really saved us, led to, I think, led to, led to a basket. It's, it's an interesting play because they are, they are going to they're gonna try to get Williams caught in this screen and what they're, what they're hoping for is the guard goes around and gets into an open lane and gets a bucket. But what they'll take is if they, if they come out and hedge, it's a pick and roll to the big guy, and he's going to roll to the basket. Now, Vince Williams takes a big risk. Yes, Bruce Stevenson, you're right, and I should mention that, and I will. Vince Williams takes a bit of a risk here, but he's definitely watched Campbell on film because he is absolutely certain at where the guard's going to go, and he times it perfectly, and he anticipates it perfectly, and knocks it away and steals it. It's uh, you know, p- people talk about film study with football, and it is imp- more important than football and basketball. But there are things and little keys that you can pick up, and a guy like Vince Williams making that play, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that when he saw that he saw something, looking at Campbell getting ready for this game, because I'm presuming they you know even though after Thanksgiving and with a week off that they had a chance to really look at look at this and get a look at these guys and, and, and look at some of their keys. I'm convinced he saw something on that film, and that's how he knew that, 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 that the drive was going to come that way, and he anticipates beautifully gets a steal. Bruce Stevenson makes a great point, says, how about Josh Banks providing a spark when it was rather close with the layup of three? Yes. You know, Josh Banks just kind of out of nowhere. Bam, bam. And again, he's... He's one of those guys like Kern, like Deloach, that just is – they're just a juice guy. They can just – all of a sudden they can come off the bench and, and really give this team a jolt. He did it there. He, he did it there. And, and again, you know, great – you know, he's so long-limbed and stuff that he's a real problem for the other team on defense too. But I just love that from Josh Banks because, you know, he hadn't gotten a ton of minutes lately and you can hang your head on that. Here it is. He comes in the game. He's ready, and he scores five points, bam, bam, like that. And he only plays three minutes, but he gets those five points. That's crucial. Ends up being crucial because that got the lead out, 
And really, at 59-50, I think they're going to cruise home and win this game. And then, of course, they just they just made some mistakes and missed some foul shots. Um, and, you know, that's tough. Um, and, look, they win the game. They don't make a basket for the last 4-18 and they win the game. That's – and that is that's a testament. That's a testament to their defensive acumen. That's a testament to none making those free throws. You know, and, and I just again, as frustrated as I was watching them lose the game to Connecticut, uh, which again admittedly was in part because I'd listened to the game and then turned around and watched it again and it was infuriating. You know, this is sort of the opposite of that because there were lots of reasons for them to lose this game tonight, but they found a way to win it against a team that is like some of the other teams we played, is a legitimate chance to win their conference. And you can see the way they play. You know, their offense is going to cause a lot of problems for those teams in the Big South because, you know, you just don't go up against that as much and and you don't have guys that are as skilled as Carolero and Henderson uh, often in this Big South running that kind of, you know, running an offense as well as that. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's the thing. You know, we had we were talking about we were debating this in the group about you know playing state teams and you know and and you want to play team and I do too. I want to play teams inside the state. I like those games, particularly with Virginia and Virginia Tech. But I love it that we play ODU every year. But it would be nice to play the Liberties, the Madisons, even William and Mary once in a while. Those kinds of things. But give Mike Rhodes credit. Give this athletic department credit. The buy games that they've lost and people are so frustrated about. They're playing teams that could potentially end up in postseason. They're playing teams that could potentially win their conference. And that is helped that has helped them before. They they had that in Rhodes' second year, and it was a huge boon to them because yes, they may not be quad one opportunities or even quad two opportunities that they're at home, but that committee is going to look at that and say, dang, they played this team that won its regular season uh, in the conference. They played this team that won its regular season in the conference. They played this team that finished second in their conference. You know, And that matters. That matters. Playing these teams that do well in these other leagues, that matters. And that's why – and, of course, I also love the fact that if you're going to play Richmond and Davidson, then you need to play – Somebody in your non-conference that plays a similar style because dead gum, that is a t- – if you haven't played a team like that all year and then you go play a team like that, uh, it's tough. That's that's it, Those games are hard to win because people don't understand. They're going to let you – they're going to let you make the mistakes and, and, and take advantage of them. That's what those offenses do is let me, let me catch you over pursuing – let me catch you jumping up to try to get the block shot. Uh, let me catch you trying to jump up in the air and do whatever or going for this fake or that fake, and then here's a cut, here's a layup, or here's a ball into the post, and you collapse, and here's a kick out for a three, and they make it. You know, they, that offense, and the reason that offense works is because they know that young, young college players are going to make mistakes, and they're going to let you make them, and they're going to take advantage of it. So it's absolutely wonderful by this coaching staff, by this department, to say let's get a game like this here so that we're we're better prepared for what Davidson and Richmond are going to try to do to us when we play them because the new guys they got a taste of it tonight and they're gonna they're gonna understand 
when they when we get ready for those games, what exactly is on on the on the uh, on the plate here, and what they've got to deal with. And by the way, I, I don't know how everybody else felt. I know at least somebody in the in in the in the comments in our game thread absolutely loved it, and I did too. Ed Nixon, more Ed Nixon. We want more Ed Nixon on these games. Yes, anybody that's watching on ESPN Plus that's not a VCU fan is not going to like the fact that he's kind of biased. I understand that. But Ed Nixon was a revelation tonight. Uh, loved his analysis. You know, the thing that he said about don't don't jump for the block against a guy like Carolero was so on the money because that's what he wants you to do because he's going to go up and under you every time. Um it was. It was really. It was just. Uh, I loved listening to Ed Nixon tonight, and I hope we get to hear a lot more of him. Um, well, Christian Ferrace, you know, he, Christian Ferrace is asking about Stockard on defense, and this is this is probably why Stockard sat. Um, it, it, it's just this is the players like Carolero, and and they're and. There's not as many of them as there used to be, but thankfully in the in, in college basketball there still is because it's it's as long as he's not doing it to you, it's fun to watch. I mean, you just you do you do not get to go against T guys that have as many post moves and have as well developed an inside game as Carolero does. And Carolero with the dribbling and the fakes and the and the using his pivot foot so perfectly, and that's the thing. You you swear up and down he's traveling. But he's not because he's always got the one foot down and he'll spin this way and spin that way and do that to you. And and Stockard, he got a case of what in soccer they would call twisted blood. It's it's like when you see one of them soccer players, them great soccer players, just just do the little do the little tricks and flicks with the ball and just get the defender kind of almost spun up in his own mind and the defender is just just clearly a mess. And that's what Carolero did to Stockard in that game. Because how many times are you going to go up against a guy like that? It's very old school. You don't see it a lot in the, in, in the college game anymore, but you do see it enough that it's like, man, you know, you got to be ready for it. And look, Golden does the same stuff. So Stockard's got to look at that film and go to school on that because Golden will do the same same doggone thing to him, Christian Ferrace. And it's a great point. And I think that's why we saw a lot less of Stockard in the second half uh, because I think, I think defensively, in 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 the view of uh, Mike Rhodes, I think he felt that uh, that some of our other big guys were doing a bit of a better job defensively on Carolero. Granted, Carolero still hit four out of five shots in the second half, but the main thing they did is they got the ball out of his hands. You know, Whitfield took more shots; he was only two for eight, and Henderson took nine shots in the second half. You know, Carolero, I mean, a guy could freaking miss at times, but you know, it's it's. It's just one of those things, you know. You got if if you're playing a guy like that, especially if you're like a Ward who's got such long arms, you got to think to yourself, I'm going to rely on my length. I'm not going to rely on on my jumping ability because that's what he wants. I'm going to rely on my length to to bother him and do it that way. And yes, Bruce Stevenson, Ward getting in the foul trouble early was just yikes. You know, he had two fouls inside of a minute and a half and sat and you know that's that is I'll tell you if there if there's something else to take away from this game that is now officially a concern this is three not very good games in a row from Hassan Ward and I don't know what's going on 
but we've got to get that solved because we need Hassan Ward. Not necessarily to have score a bunch of points, but we need Hassan Ward's energy on defense. We need his ability to make that, to block that shot and kind of turn a game that way because of the fact that, you know, because you, you, we've seen it, you know, when Ward is turning, turning people away at that rim, it energizes everybody. It energizes the players, the fans. It really gets us going, and we've not had any of that in the last three games, and it's hurt. So whatever whatever's going on with Hassan Ward, uh, it needs to be it needs to be fixed because doggone it, you know we need him. We're going to need him in these games, especially like St. Bonaventure against the Sunni. We're definitely going to need him in the worst kind of way there. You know these the it's it's that's that's the thing that's officially now a major concern. You don't panic or anything like that because again we got a long season to go and anybody can have a slump and he may he, he may snap out of it in the next game. And we're sitting here going, oh, whether there was, you know, what were we worried about? But this three games in a row that he hasn't been himself out there, um, I, 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 I can't explain that. I don't think it's an injury. Uh, if it is, I, I definitely missed the boat on that. I missed the boat on what the injury is. Uh, yeah, Todd, and Todd Zapier, our, our group admin, just said got home and what a weird game. It was a weird game. And it was, I don't know. I can't say it was fun because the first part was so bad and the last few minutes was so bad and I and it just looked like we were going to find a way to just to, to, to let the game go that we shouldn't. But coming out of it, you feel good because it's like we're back on our home floor. We've broken the drought. You know, we've broken the losing streak there that's so rare for us to lose two in a row at home. We had a crowd that it felt like more of a VCU crowd. It felt like that crowd had some energy, you know, once VCU started to go in the game and all that. Uh, but I'll leave that to, to anybody out there who's listening, who's at the game, uh, if that's how they feel. Okay, next game is Jacksonville State. Um, uh, Wednesday night, you know, I am working, but depending on when I get home from work, you know, if I can get home early enough, it is on ESPN Plus, so I'm, I'll be toting my I'll be toting my tablet around to listen to the game, and I'll have the game on the phone. So we may very well have a live recap uh, uh, with that with that Wednesday night. It's going again. It's going to depend on when I get home from work. Hopefully, uh, quicker than that. You know, and again, it's the same thing. It's like th- this is a time to build the momentum. This is really the time to build the momentum. Uh, because because we got all these home we've got all these home games we're not we're pulling a Syracuse and we're not leaving the state for for a good while here so we got to do the job here Jacksonville State is currently three and three um, and they're playing tonight against South Alabama so we'll see what they do tonight against South Alabama that's supposed to tip uh, at seven I think that might be eight thirty local seven thirty uh, their local eight thirty our our time yeah they're an hour back. Uh, let's see here. They lost to Troy in triple overtime. Uh, they only lost by three to Wichita State, who's usually pretty decent. Uh, they lost by eight at Valpo. At Valpo, that was in the Bahamas. Valpo's meant to be an improving team in the uh, Missouri Valley. They beat Drexel. They beat Alabama A and M, and they beat Elon. So uh, that's what they've done. So we'll see how we're going to do against them. Like I, I, I want to also shout out Dan Gaitanis, who said, you know, at halftime that that. If VCU loses this game, you can pretty much forget about any hopes of an at-large bid. I thought he was absolutely right about that. Like I said, after the Connecticut game, 
these next eight where they're not leaving the state of Virginia, they got to win them all. They got to win them all. And, 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 you know, you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. They did that. So great job, Rams. It was, it's just good to see them in a game like this actually pull it out after losing the last two. After losing the last two, it was just nice to see them pull a win out like this out. And hopefully, on you know, they're gonna they're gonna come correct in Jacksonville State. Be nice to blow one of these teams out, but it just might not be in the cars this year with the way this team plays. That just might not be something that they're capable of doing. So Wednesday, Jacksonville State. Hopefully, a live recap in the good, the bad, the ugly page. Certainly, a podcast after. Even if I have to rewatch the game, it'll be easier on on ESPN Plus because I can just do that. Uh, right on my tablet, no problem. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you all for the for the for the comments in the chat, and of course the game thread was was hopping as always, which I really appreciate. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post game Facebook Live with George. Join the Facebook group, VCU Basketball Fans, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.